I love you all. You got your word? Anybody got a Bible, a phone, or something that you want to use? I used to always tell people now, don't you be on Facebook while I'm preaching, but if you got to be on Facebook, make sure it's talking to people online and uh, giving praise to the Lord. Facebook runs just a few uh, moments behind live. YouTube, I believe, hits right on the mark, but Facebook has this great place where people can chat it up. We got so many places that you can watch on. We got Roku and Hulu and Boohoo and all of those. Yahoo, yeah, but all of those places. But right on our website, if you stay connected with our website, uh, you'll also, all, it'll, it'll just show up uh, at gumgetfree.org. So I really, you know, a lot of my message felt like it was being preached today during the worship time uh, because we felt the spirit of the Lord. We're, I'm in a teaching as we move forward in 2021 as a family by the way, if we, I believe we still got these forward 2021 forward masks back there, these, uh, the new Freedom Fellowship forward. Those are kind of cool, right? So they're free. You can pick one up at Hugs. Uh, but during our worship time, you could feel the same spirit all across the room, that we were having revelation, the same spirit. And this is the promise of this theme as we move towards Resurrection Sunday. But if the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you, he who raised Christ from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies through his spirit who dwells in you. His spirit who dwells in you. Same spirit. The same spirit that raised Christ from the dead. The same spirit. Somebody say same spirit. That is such a hook. Brothers and sisters. Same spirit. That defeated death dwells in me and gives life to my mortal body. Not my supernatural body, but to my mortal body. That's wild. So if his spirit dwells in me and dwells in you, what a connection that is. How many have ever struggled in the flesh with Christians? Ever done that? It's going to happen. Look at me. It's going to happen. Right? Flesh is not dead yet. But we have the same spirit. In the spirit, we get along. In the spirit, we worship. In the spirit, we have agreement. Amen? Praise God. People ask me. They've asked me before. Hey, that's freedom of that kind of church. I mean, we're a weird church. Look around the room. We're weird. You're supposed to hate each other. What's wrong with you guys? Are you saved or something? Do you have the same spirit? Somebody praise God for same spirit in the house. Same spirit. So, Jesus, 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 Jesus. So I'm going to preach. I think. Um, the scripture just really raises my expectations. I love the Word of God. I just love the Bible. I have a bunch of Bibles, okay? I have old Bibles. I got Bibles that my parents gave me when I was a kid. Still got them. I just have a hard time throwing my Bibles away, you know? And then I, I got some that you can't read anymore because they're just kind of worn out, some that I've written all over. Uh, years ago, I would just, you know, before there were computers and tablets and stuff, I'd just take a Bible and I'd just highlight some stuff and come up and preach. And people say, that's real anointing. Well, you know... 
maybe if it was real anointing, I wouldn't even bring my Bible up, you know. I, uh, but, you know, this is really cool. I can put stuff down. I don't have to have 20 pages to look at. But still, I love Bible stories. I love Old Testament Bible stories. I mentioned it during worship today. I love Old Testament Bible stories, New Testament Bible stories, but Old Testament Bible stories are type and shadow. When you look in the Word of God, they are a shadow of things to come. If you watch the Word of God, like anybody ever read the law? Anybody ever read the law, the Old Testament law, and you read the law and you say, what? He said, what? You know? But you know, you're talking about the law. That is fulfilled in Jesus Christ. We're moving into Passover season. Somebody shout hallelujah for Passover. But the message of Passover in the Old Testament is different than the message of Passover in the New Testament. Because Jesus becomes our Passover lamb. And salvation is accomplished through grace in Jesus. We don't have stone tablets anymore. We have Holy Spirit living inside of us. So the word of God comes alive through Jesus. And so when you're reading the Old Testament, you get, oh, that's how God works. That's how he does stuff. Really amazing, great, cool stories. I think I mentioned Joshua in the Battle of Jericho. Loved that. Uh, in 2018, I, was it 2018, 19? No, 2019, I preached to you all the way. I, Joshua on Joshua 1 and 9, be strong and courageous. Be strong and courageous, all right? For the Lord is with you wherever you go. And that became a battle cry, even though it doesn't sound like one, but it's a battle cry. And we see how the Holy Spirit goes before them and goes behind them. And you see how they cross the Red Sea. You see all of those things. Those are shadows. Those are things that you're to hold on to. It's how you get to know God. The super cool stories. So... Uh, I want to raise your expectations in your own life today as we move toward Resurrection Sunday. I want you to remember some of what Jesus was doing in the New Testament. Have you ever heard of the Great Commission? Go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. He that believeth and is baptized will be saved. Did you read the rest of that? And those that don't believe will be damned. That's right, I said damned in the pulpit. I said it. Because some of you use it and don't know what it means. It means to be lost eternally. People need the Lord. Can I get an amen there? Anybody remember when you came to Jesus? Is there somebody in the room that's glad that you're saved? I mean, it's not like, no, absolutely glad that you're saved. So, so the goal of Jesus in the Gospels is... Is, is in his teaching. Now, the sacrifice is going to take place. That's already been set up. You read about that in the Old Testament of what Jesus is going to do, what the Messiah will do, and his great sacrifice. But, but he spends time with disciples, and his goal with them, he tells them, it's good for me to go away. I'm leaving. That doesn't sound nice, but it's good for me that I go away, because if I don't go away, the comforter will not come. But if I go away... The comforter will come, the spirit of God, paraclete, one who is like myself is what the word means. And he'll not just be with you, but he will be inside of you. Now, why do they need Holy Spirit? They need a Holy Spirit. They can have Holy Spirit because of the sacrifice of Jesus on the cross. Now, by grace, they're going to get a Holy Spirit. Isn't that good news? We'll take communion at the end of service, just celebrating that some more. But, but also... We receive power 
in order that we can accomplish the work of Jesus in a messed up, broken world. We have power to share the gospel of Jesus. Power to fulfill the commission. Not just with our words, but with supernatural words and in power and demonstration. Anybody believe in that word? Anybody believe in that? So we need this. We need Holy Spirit. We all need the same spirit. And he, he teaches them about it. And for three and a half years, he's going to disciple them. He's going to spend a great deal of time with them. I think that was uh, Joshua 14, 25, where he, he says, These things I have spoken to you while being present with you. But the Helper, the Holy Spirit, and the Father will send in my name. He will teach you all things and bring to your remembrance all the things. So I'm not going to stay with you, but Holy Spirit is going to come, and he will will teach you as I am teaching you, and he will teach everywhere. He won't just be in Jerusalem. He won't just be in Judea and the Galilean area, but he's going to be everywhere that you are, and he's going to lead you and guide you into all truth. Some of you say, I'm not sure about Holy Spirit. Come on, you need to be sure about Holy Spirit and you need to talk to him every day and let him speak back to you. Same spirit, all of us need this. Because this is a, this is a confusing world. Uh, so, and then he, he tells them this, before, before he gives this, he tells them, listen to his explanation of why he says this in verse 12. Most assuredly I say to you, he who believes in me the works that I do, he will do also, and greater works than these he will do. Next five words, six words. Because I go to the Father. Okay, now why, why, is, why does he say, because I go to the Father? Because I'm going to go, I'm going to sit at the right hand of the Father. I am your intercessor, but also because I go to the Father, when I go to the Father, I will pray the Father, and he will send the comfort of the Holy Spirit that will be with you. So some people say, why isn't all this happening? Listen. You need help. Look at somebody and say, you need help. Tell them, you need help. You've been wanting to say that to her all day. No, don't. don't. You need help. The help is Holy Spirit. The Spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive because it neither sees him nor knows him. But you know him for he dwells with you and will be in you. So Who is with you? Holy Spirit is with them because Jesus is with them. Remember, Holy Spirit descended and rested upon Jesus at the baptism. So when they were walking with Jesus, they were walking with Holy Spirit. You say, I want to walk with Jesus. And he walks with me. How does Jesus walk with me? By Holy Spirit. But he doesn't just walk with me. So like he takes a break and heads out to the wilderness. And No, now he walks with me on the inside of my life. So they experience all of these great moments. Matthew 16, one of my favorite moments, you know, when Peter and the disciples are at Caesarea Philippi and, and Jesus sets them up and he says, who do you guys think I am? Who do you think I am? They say, oh, you're like Elijah, you're one of the prophets. He says, who do you say that I am? Stop telling me what everybody's saying. And Peter has a Holy Spirit moment. Okay, he said, you are the Christ, the son of the living God. And Jesus paused, put everything on hold for a moment, looked over at Peter and said, and thou art Peter. 
Blessed art thou, Simon Barjona, Simon, son of John, for flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my Father who is in heaven, and upon this rock I will build my church. Now, what had happened? What had happened to Peter? He had had a moment where he heard something in his heart that he had not heard before. Who do you, what's going on in your heart? What do you think about Jesus on the inside? What do you believe about Jesus? And people say, well, he's a great man. I believe in Jesus, but I also believe in, you know, Buddha, and I believe in all this. No, who do you say that Jesus is? He is the Christ. He is the Son of the living God. He is the Messiah. He is the Savior of the world. How do you know that? That's that statement about salvation. If you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and have this revelation and you believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, you are being saved. Yes. So, he's saying, I'm going to build my kingdom by this power. We see that, so we see that the life of Christ with his disciples was boot camp for receiving Holy Spirit. Got that? Now, yes, he was going to the cross, and that was purpose, but if you follow discipleship, he is setting up his disciples to receive Holy Spirit and spread this gospel to the ends of the earth. He's setting up not just the 12. He's setting up all these guys. I mean, there are 120 that are there on the day of Pentecost. But he's, he is setting them all up to know what life in the Spirit is. Come on, this is resurrection time, folks. And some people are going to be shouting, hallelujah, he's alive, but not have him living inside of them. So if you follow through Scripture, all of these are moments where disciples saw things. And when Christ is baptized, Spirit descends upon him. And the voice from heaven says, this is my son who is well pleased. You know, And so they're beginning to receive Holy Spirit. And they begin to realize, we want the same Spirit that Christ has. We want the Spirit of Christ. And so in Acts chapter 2, at the end of the Pentecost message, we see Peter preaches, repent. Uh, and be baptized in the name of Jesus for the remission of your sins, and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. We don't see, I mean, there's like this absence for so many about the work of the Holy Spirit. Listen, are you a Christian? We're all supposed to receive Holy Spirit, all of you. Then we see the power of Jesus You know, he sends his disciples out. Remember this? He sends the disciples out. He sends them out and gives them the power of his name. and The enemy is defeated. They're coming back. And that is really cool. Just working in the power of his name. And and then we just see the heart of Jesus, the love of Jesus, the compassion of Jesus. When he saw the multitudes, he had compassion on them. We see all of this, and the disciples are saying, how does, how does he look at the multitudes and have compassion? How does he look at those who are going to crucify them, him and say, Father, forgive them? This is Jesus, the Messiah, who is consumed with the Spirit of God. Anybody want this? Anybody want this? So as we're moving towards resurrection, I want you to just have this understanding that our purpose for resurrection is to celebrate the the work of Christ on the cross and his resurrection and to receive his spirit. 
so that we can be like him. I was looking at John chapter 20, verse 21. After he rose from the dead, the Bible says, Jesus said to them again, okay, appears to them, peace be to you. As the Father has sent me, I also send you. And when he had said this, he breathed on them and said to them, receive the Holy Spirit. He breathed on them. So, here I go. I'm your pastor. I won't breathe on all y'all. So, uh, you ready? Say, pastor, put your mask on. Listen, listen. Jesus didn't blow on the disciples that day. He breathed on them. He spoke to them. Hear what I'm telling you. Some people say, well, what happened? If that happened then, why did they have to be in the upper room after that? Okay, what he did was he set them up for the reception of the Holy Spirit. I'm getting ready to go away, all right? And so before he goes away, he said, now receive Holy Spirit. Listen, this is a directive for all of you. I want all of you to receive the same Spirit, receive Holy Spirit. All right, I've... Already, I, and that's not. And I just wanted to set you up for that because I don't. When I share the last part of this message, because we're on the fruit of the spirit, I don't want you to get the wrong idea. When I when we talk about this work of the Holy Spirit, I want all of you to get this and all of you to operate in it. And as you do, you will see a few things happen. You are going to see the fruit of the Spirit in your life. You're going to see the gifts of the Spirit. And you're also going to do spiritual warfare. All of these things are going to take place in your life. You're going to see the power of God on display in your life. You're going to lose that old bad attitude and things are going to be different. Like your, your marriage might have lasted if both of you been filled with the Spirit. Am I okay? Don't throw rocks at me right now. Okay. Same Spirit. So he has breathed on you. So here's the message. Receive the Holy Spirit. Now some people just get the breath and they never get the fire. And that's a problem. You need to be consumed with the Spirit. Now, I want you to consider this in your everyday prayers this week. Lord, just consume me with your Spirit. So I began speaking about this last Sunday. So let's continue in this last part of this message today to talk more about the fruit of the Spirit. And there's so much to say about each one of them. Last week, we talked about love of the Spirit and some people know about love of the flesh. We're really good at love of the flesh. In fact, we're so confused about love today, we just say love is love. We don't have any idea what it is. And we say, whatever you feel love is, that's what love is to you. And you're living a lie. Okay? Love of the Spirit is agape love. And love of the Spirit, which is agape love, is I will serve you without expectation of any return. Okay, agape love. You need that in your marriage. You need that in your family. Shout amen. You need that at home. If you will stop saying, I love you in order to get something. All right? That's, that's, that's wrong. That's, that's what's all messed up in the dating world. You know, everybody, I love you. Don't let your kids tell their girlfriend they love them yet until they find out what it really means. Because just because they have affectionate uh, feelings towards somebody, if they don't have agape, they will have a destructive understanding of what love is. Man, that was good, Pastor Rick. So today, I, we talked about love. I want to talk about joy. 
But the fruit of the Spirit is, is, is love, joy, and peace. Somebody shout joy. And I want some of you to reclaim your joy because so many people have lost your joy. It's a battle going on for joy. The enemy wants us to be angry, frustrated, defeated people. But that is not God's plan. Come on. Paul is explaining in Galatians the difference between walking in the Spirit and walking in the flesh. So today, I just want to talk about spiritual joy. And I'm not speaking of carnal happiness. There is something better than carnal happiness. A deep and abiding inner rejoicing. It'll cause you to look just goofy sometimes, all right? Things happen, you go, yeah, praise God. You know, it's just... Something that's happening. Aren't you destroyed? No, I'm not destroyed. I'm not saying you won't grieve. I'll say, I'm saying you will grieve differently. I'm not saying you won't experience pain, but I'll say in your pain you will find rejoicing. It's a different level. I'm not saying you won't ever have sadness. I'm just saying in your sadness you will have greater expectation. Anybody know where I'm going with this today? There is a difference. Happiness. You went out and bought some new clothes. Makes you happy. You look in the mirror, you look good. Makes you happy. Outgrow those clothes. Don't feel so good anymore. Right? It's just, it's just the way it is. You got some new wheels, baby. You got some new wheels. You're looking good. Driving down the road, and then the warranty runs out, and you're not joyful anymore. Car breaks down. You get a flat. Like, well, who gave me this car anyway? <laughs> happiness is good. I'm not against you being happy unless it's sinful happiness. But happiness, happiness is good, but it's temporary. I need something that's not dependent upon external circumstances. Something that requires my personal activity to keep it alive. Listen, you know, most people who are coming to Christ are addicted these days. And I'm not just talking about drugs. I'm saying you're addicted to, we're addicted to so many things, so many ways of doing life. We're just addicted. We just thank God we're not stoned. Well, you know, you are stoned, but it's on something else, all right? Uh, I'll talk about that another day. I felt like I was getting going right there. But, 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 but when I'm saying external circumstances spiritual joy is not the same. Spiritual joy is sent from heaven and it dwells internally for those who accepted Jesus and have the same spirit that raised Christ from the dead. My joy is not of the earth. It is not God's desire for us to live our lives miserable and sad and frustrated and discouraged and constantly filled with sorrow. And just because you look happy, I know the truth. We need to pray for J-Lo and A-Rod. Heard they're splitting up. It's sad. I really had sad. I heard about it. It's sad. I thought, how can y'all have so much money? How can you have all that stuff, all them cars, all, all the fans in the world, and all the validation in the world, but you can't make a covenant and keep it? How is that? There's something internal that is missing. God wants you to have that. Joy is based upon your internal condition. I didn't say you wouldn't have difficulty. I, your great, best, best example in my heart is, anybody love bacon? Can I get a hallelujah for bacon in the house? 
let me tell you what's cool about bacon. What's great about bacon, okay? Bacon don't need nothing but heat. Do you hear me? You don't have to do, you don't have to buy any oil, Crisco, or anything. Bacon, you heat bacon up and the oil will show up. Christians all be like, bacon. Come on, baby. Christians ought to be, when the fire comes, it's like, all right, I got everything I need right here. And when the fire goes away, I might be extra crispy. I might taste better. I might fill the whole house with bacon smell. And everybody be coming in saying, what's cooking in the kitchen? Bacon? Well, how'd you cook that? Just dropped it in the fire. You see, when you have internal joy, you have what you need to get through what you're facing. Somebody shout bacon in the house. Bacon. Some of you can testify about it. Come on, I remember. I, I wish Sister Nyanu was here, but she's with Jesus right now. But if Nyanu was here right now, she would not care what you were saying. If things were heating up, she'd throw her hand up and go, thank you, thank you, thank you. What's going on with the fire right now? It's producing my praise is what it is. I, I know that I am not defined by the pain that I see in my future. I'm defined by the, by the oil that is inside of me. And so when I heat up, devil, you don't want to attack me right now. I will get hot. It was, I, could, I could pray right now. That is... You know, anybody love God? Aren't you thankful? I mean, for all he listen, God wants you to bear the fruit of joy. Why? Because trouble is coming. I said trouble is coming. It, it don't last always, right? I know about it. I've had some trouble. The difference that the same spirit that raised Christ from the dead makes in you is he wants to give you joy unspeakable and full of glory. So when you see trouble come, you say, I'm about to get better. He'll give you joy even when you're crying. He'll give you joy when you're hated. He'll give you joy when you're in jail. He'll give you joy when you're physically suffering. I sound like a salesman right now, but the good news is that this joy is free. It was purchased for you when Jesus went to the cross. Years, years ago, years ago, uh, in early 80s, Diane and I uh, lived in, in Fairborn, Ohio. It was our second ministry assignment. We were there in Fairborn, Ohio. And there was this cool thing right next to the church. It was an apple orchard. I could go out and pick that fruit any time I wanted. There was an apple orchard, and it was free to me. So I want you to know that joy is spiritual fruit, and it is free for the picking it is available to you. I don't have to be complimented to get it. I don't have to be adored by this world. I don't have to be liked by everybody. I can have real joy in, 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 from, from the inside out. Listen to me, my moody brothers and sisters. Some of you skip all the way to the office, and some other people got to scream at you all day long, you know, and, and, and sometimes you're the screamer. You're the person that's bringing all the difficulty. I'm thinking some people need to stay quiet quarantined even after the pandemic is over. But we are the salt of the earth. We are the joy that's on the planet. Based on the scripture in John 15, 
There is an orchard that we get to draw from. In fact, it's a vine. Jesus said, I am the vine and you are the branches. He who abides in me and I in him bears much fruit. For without me, you can do nothing. So I'm telling you, you can't do this by yourself. Why am I such a mess? Can't do this by yourself. I'm not busting on you. I'm just saying, can't do it by myself. Spiritual joy, swiftly, three things. One, spiritual joy is of the Lord. It is not of the world. Just quickly, you got this? You got to get this. It's not the same thing. If you connect this with John 15, this is going to make sense. Jesus said, abide in me and you will bear, you will produce much fruit. You will become the orchard. The church should be the orchard. How do you abide in him? You abide in him by remaining in him. We're not just in him Sunday. You got to be in him. You say, Pastor, I just don't have time to pray. You don't have time not to pray. You don't have time not to seek the Lord. Abide in me, Jesus said, and you'll bear much fruit. How do you abide in him? You remain. We are filled with the spirit of Jesus. Jesus is in me, and I am in him. And we understand this in the flesh. We're so often into things that get into us. You become defined by those things that have come against you. They get into you. Remember when you got angry and now you are angry? Remember when you got mad and now you are mad? Remember when you became depressed and now you are depressed? Remember when it came at you and then now you abide in it? I'm not putting shame on you. That's not what my intent is. Confess those particular things to the Lord. I just want you to have revelation. Don't become those things. What I want to do is have Holy Spirit come to me and now I am spirit. That's who I am. I am living in, walking in, talking in spirit. 1 John 2, for the world offers only a craving for physical pleasure, a craving for everything we see, and pride in our achievements and possessions. These are not from the Father, but are from the world, and the world is fading away along with everything that you crave. Listen to the Holy Spirit. If you remain in Jesus, you will have joy. joy. So joy is from Holy Spirit. That is where it comes from. Good example uh, is in Acts chapter uh, uh, 16, verse 25. Midnight, it's midnight. Paul and Silas are in jail and they start singing hymns and pr- praying and singing hymns to God. And the prisoners were listening. And you probably know this story. It's where the whole song Jailhouse Rock comes from because the jailhouse started rocking, brothers, and uh, they got set free. But you have to go to the back part of the story because Paul and Silas were uh, there and they, they were in the city. And as they were in the city, there was a woman who kept coming, a young woman kept coming to them, and she was, she, she was a fortune teller. She was a tarot card reader. She was somebody that liked to hang out at the Edgar Case Institute. All right? She was a horoscope writer. And that's, I'm telling you the truth, okay? I don't care if you're a Pisces or a Sagittarius. I'm a child of God. All right? I don't read that. I do not define myself by what star I was born under. I'm none of that. I don't play with Ouija boards. Hello? 
So this, here, here's the, the point, because Paul and Silas, this girl kept coming up to them and saying, what's going on in the world right now? Okay, kept coming up and saying, listen to these men, they are men of God. In other words, she was trying to align herself with Paul and Silas, saying, believe in me also. All right, but she wasn't doing that of the flesh, she was doing it of the wrong spirit. She had a spirit of divination, meaning that she actually on occasion told people things that were true about their lives. Because Satan knows more about you than you think he does. Didn't like that, did you? He does. And so she was possessed by the spirit of divination. Paul and Silas cast the spirit out of her in the name of Jesus. And because of that, the man who owned her, she was a slave child is what she was. She had been captured and all of this. She did not want any of these. Aren't you glad that the Lord set her free? Anybody notice? Hang on a minute. Think about this. Paul and Silas just saw a girl set free. Hallelujah. They saw the power of God. And then they got thrown in jail. And so they sat in jail and they said, what? We're doing things for Jesus and this is what happens? No, no, they were so full of joy over the Holy Spirit because a child had been set free who had been under a curse. Anybody glad when children get set free? So full that they just sat there praying, talking to God. Hey, we're all by ourselves here now, just sitting in this cell and chains started. Then they started singing, singing, uh, uh, this is how I find my back. I don't know, just singing. They were worshiping and glorifying the Lord singing hymns to the Lord. Do you, would you agree with me that they had spiritual joy in a bad situation? Anybody agree? Anybody want to be like Paul and Silas? You want to see miracles? I, I got to keep moving here. So joy, when we're, we're saying that spiritual, spiritual joy is of God, okay? That's what we're saying. It is of the Lord. It is not of this world, all right, but secondly, I want to say spiritual joy will fill you up. Anybody ever told you you were full of it before? Anybody? You knew exactly what they were saying. You're full of it. Wouldn't it be nice if somebody saw the Spirit of God in your life and said, You are full of Him? You are full of Him. And that, he's, in John 15, Jesus says, I want your joy to be full. So I want to raise your expectations briefly. When I tell you this, because we are more accustomed to the word empty than we are the word full. What, what are you going to do with your life? You probably don't know. Some of you are just figuring it out. Some of you are questioning your very purpose. I'm going to be a fireman, a lawyer. I don't know what your jobs are. Who's, who's to say that lawyering is the best job, you know, vocation? I'm going to be a nurse. I'm going to be, you know, I like working in restaurants. I'm going to be a businessman. I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to. Do landscaping. You know, there's some great stuff that you can do in life. But the problem is when you're talking about what you do, sometimes you define yourself by what you do. And so when you pass away and you are here and I stand up before you because I'm going to outlive all of you, evidently. So I I don't know. But when that happens, I'm going to say here lies a great individual and this is what they did. Listen, my... Earthly vocation is not my spiritual identity. You got that? So he says, I want you to be full of joy. So the the Greek word here is pleroo, 
which means to cram full, like your closet. Anybody got a plural closet right now? I mean, it's cram- It's got stuff in there you ain't wore in years, but it's back there just full, just in case you grow back into it or lose enough weight to wear it again. Anybody, you know what I'm talking about? You know, just got those kind of stuff. Here's what he's saying. He's saying, I don't want you to have joy. I want you to be crammed full of joy so that when you are pressed, joy comes out of you. God's plan is not just to give you a great vocation. It's fine, and that's wonderful. But he wants you to be full of his joy. So James writes this in James 1 and 2, consider it pure joy. Somebody say pure joy. There is contaminated joy. Somebody gets hurt and you say, yeah, you got what you deserve. No, there is real joy. Real joy, pure joy is whenever you face trials of many kinds, you realize you are being tested and you are developing perseverance. Holy Spirit got me through that. He'll get me through this. Somebody comes up and calls you something and you say, yep, that's what I used to be too. Perseverance. Your life begins to change. Joy shows up. Poor Paul and Silas, they didn't get changed. You know, they... They were still full of joy, but can I tell you, they probably when they hit the jail cell and started singing songs of praise and worship, how many think that they had just taken a step forward in their spiritual life? Anybody believe that? They said, look, hey, we just got thrown in jail for doing this. We're counted worthy of suffering for the cause of Jesus. Hallelujah. All they can do is put us in jail, but they can't take out our joy. And they started singing hymns. Anybody got hymns in your heart? Anybody got songs in your heart? Anybody? I got them in my heart from singing when I was a kid, you know. So we knew all the page numbers. We knew all the page numbers. Anybody like that? Like you knew page 120. Anybody remember page 120 in the old red back church hymnal was, Oh, victory in Jesus, my Savior forever. He sought me and he bought me with his redeeming love. He loved me ere I knew him and all my love is due him. He plunged me to victory beneath the cleansing flood. I doubled the time on it, but it was still a good song, all right? And we just knew all of the songs. We knew them by their page numbers, like, you know, page 277. We always knew that one. Diana, we always sang that one. I'm redeemed by love divine. Glory, glory, Christ is mine. You don't know that song. All to him I now resign. I have been, I have been redeemed. I could go on and on. I could page 57. I could page 393. I could do all of those. But what I'm telling you is that they get off of the page and out of the book and they get into your heart. And when they get into your heart and you find yourself in jail, you start saying, look what the Lord has done. He healed my body. Paul couldn't get over what happened to him on the Damascus Road when the Holy Spirit knocked him down and said, Saul, Saul, why persecutest thou me? And then he raised him up and he took him down the road and the brother laid his hands on him and and the Holy Spirit fell upon him. The scales fell off of his eyes. I could preach all day today. Not my usual two or three hours. These trials can't take my song. These trials can't take my testimony. These trials can't take what God has done away from me. What are you going through? Go ahead, somebody. Anybody going through it right now? Go ahead and reach in. Get a song and release it into the atmosphere. Go ahead. Come on, somebody be bacon. Somebody show up in the house and praise him in your mess. Oh, Jesus. 
There's one more point, but let me just stay with me just for a moment. How many love that Jesus Christ is coming back? Aren't you glad right now that you know what he's doing? Anybody get a kick out of this? I mean, you see what's going on in the world and the depravity in our, in our own nation. I mean, you would not believe some of the things that are happening in the nation. Can I get an amen right now? Some of the things that are literally what the scripture had told us is coming true, that those things which are evil are now being called good, and those things which are good are now being called evil. Right? And Jesus just kept telling people, look, when you see this stuff, comfort each other, you know, because you know your redemption draweth nigh. Jesus. So, but even that we know these things is because of trial. All right? Revelation chapter 1, verse 9. The opening of the book of Revelation. I, John. John the beloved. John the revelator. John, the apostle. I, John, both your brother and companion, in the tribulation and kingdom and patience of Jesus Christ. Wait, I'm your companion in what? I didn't sign up for tribulation. Patience. That's what he signed up for. And he says this, I was on the island that is called Patmos because of the word of God and because of the testimony of Jesus Christ. That's why I was there. I, the island Patmos was a place that they sent people to die and starve to death. There was no vegetation. There, was, there were no animals. There were just people that were sent there to die. So they dropped him on the Isle of Patmos, but he said, I was in the spirit on the Lord's day. You can quarantine me. You can put me wherever you need to be, me to be, but I'm going to be in the spirit. Anybody with me? I was in the spirit. Where were you? I was abiding in Christ. And out of that, we find out all about the seven churches, and uh, we find out all, all about the seals, and we find out as you get to Revelation 21 about the return of the Lord and how we're all going to be together and rejoicing. Aren't you glad John went through the trouble and he didn't just lay there and die? Because like Jesus, he had bread to eat that the world knew nothing of which brings me to this last statement spiritual joy is eternal it's eternal Hebrews 12 therefore we also since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses let us lay aside every weight and the sin which so easily ensnares us and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us looking unto Jesus the author and finisher of our faith for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and has sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. That is weird stuff right there. I mean, none of these things should be in the same sentence. Who wrote this? How do you mean? Like, endurance and the joy for the joy that was set before him. Jesus knew that he was God in the flesh. He, he, didn't, he knew he was the Alpha and the Omega. He knew who he was. So struggles come. And Jesus, who is the author and the finisher of our faith through the cross, even though it's not like he enjoyed being, having his clothes ripped off. Not that he enjoyed it. But the Bible says, for the joy that was set before him, he endured the cross. He said, Pastor, you don't know what I'm going through. I don't know. When was the last time somebody took a whip and ripped all the skin off of your back? I saw you come in, you all looked nice and everybody, but I didn't see anybody wearing a crown of thorns. I didn't see that. I don't see any nail prints in your hands today. I don't see that sort of thing. But Jesus, 
For the joy that was set before him, for the joy that was set before him, he bore the cross upon his own back. Hallelujah. And I I know you got trouble, but you haven't had a cross laid on your back. But he knew that when he went through it, anybody going through a mess right now? Anybody going through a mess? I got a word for it. Temporary. Somebody shout it. Temporary. Pain is temporary. Sorrow is temporary. I, I'm, look, it is a strange season that we're in right now. It really is. I was reading Matthew 16, 16 earlier where Jesus is with his disciples at Caesarea Philippi and I was remembering where I heard it and re- the real reason I remember where I heard it was not because of the moment but also when I was sitting in Caesarea Philippi and I was with a man who just passed away just about three weeks ago, Dr. Paul Laverne Walker. Great, great pastor, leader. You know, one time the general executive, a bishop of the Church of God, he built a church in Atlanta, Georgia, that is just a massive testimony of grace, built counseling ministries, this tremendous work, a great preacher of the gospel. But Diane and I and a few others had the opportunity to sit down with him by Caesarea Philippi as he spoke to us that particular day and he pointed over just a little ways from us and there were some idols that were there in, in, uh, next to the mountainside and he explained why Caesarea Philippi was called Caesarea Philippi, who Philip was and who Caesarea, Caesar's Philip and then he explained that particular area was the place where they believed that demons rose and went back. They would rise and attack and go back. Paul Laverne Walker was teaching that, and and as he explained it, it was in that place where Jesus and his good Jewish boys probably wouldn't even show up if Jesus didn't say, guys, I want to go show you something. Let's go over to the most evil place that we know in the area, and let's have a talk. (laughs) So powerful, isn't it? So let me tell you, I've been paying attention to my nation right now, been very concerned about some things, and because I am a pastor, I'm also privy to some information and some concerns of pastoral leaders around the nation right now, and it has to do with laws that are being passed and that are on the verge of being passed. That could position me not to be able to tell you that God can set you free from same-sex attraction. Okay? That he can do that. Literally. Actually omitting removing certain terminology from certain bills that would exclude individuals because of religious liberty from being bound by it to the point that in the church you could not refuse to hire somebody because they did not believe in your doctrine. Okay? Anybody know what I'm speaking of right now? Okay, so that is heavily floating around. I mean, there's some good things in it, but then they throw this in because, and can I tell you that, oh, help me, Jesus. Okay, I'm just telling you this for this reason. I don't have to go to Caesarea Philippi. I can see demons rising up in my own nation. I don't have to go down the street. I can see it happening right now. And we, people say, well, what are we going to do? Can, can I just tell you, I don't need my government to give me the freedom to preach the truth. I don't need them to do it. I don't need a bill to be passed for me to preach the truth. 
I don't have to have that. I haven't been called by them. I haven't been licensed by them. I haven't been ordained by them. I love them and I pray for them. I care for them. I want the Lord to teach them and help them and raise them up. Anybody hear what I'm saying? I am who I am because of the Lord Jesus and I'm going to preach this gospel not because of what I might receive or the applause that I might receive here, but I'm going to preach this because of the joy that is in my heart that is not looking just for a place here, but is looking for a city whose builder and maker is God. What? Why aren't you afraid? No, I'm not afraid. Getting kind of excited. Anybody with me right now? I used to have to get on a plane to go to the mission field. Now I just walk out my front door. Can I tell you what's happening? All right? We hear all of these stories, and then we hear this. First Thessalonians 4. For the Lord himself will descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of the archangel, and with the trumpet call of God, and the dead in Christ will rise first. And then we who are alive and remain will be caught up together, and with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. And thus we shall always be with the Lord. Therefore, if you need comfort, comfort one another with these words. <laughs> Jesus. Hallelujah. Somebody shout, get your joy back. Real joy. Real joy. Spiritual joy. Get your joy back. Stand with me. Yeah, let's give praise to the Lord. Praise the Lord. Man. I smell bacon in this house. I'm telling you, I smell bacon. I smell bacon. Okay, let, me, let me just be real practical. Before we receive communion, let me be real practical. Some of you might need to get your notes here. I want to be real practical for a moment. Pastor, you've told me about this internal joy, and I'm struggling with it. Sometimes you need to prime that pump a little bit. You need to pray, seek the Lord. But let me just give you a few ideas, you know, some things that you can do because you've accepted Christ. One is you could be grateful. Be grateful. But when I say be grateful, I'm not just saying just constant I'm just saying, do something. Stir that up. Be grateful. Make a list and put it on your refrigerator or right there with your Bible or right there in the middle of your table where you eat every day and write the things that God has done. How many has God lifted you up? Is there anybody that God has rescued in this room? Is there anybody? Has God done something? I know you're going through something right now, but sometimes when you're going through things, you can't even focus on what you've already been through. But I get through what I'm going through in the future because I know of what God has done for me in the past and it builds my faith and makes me persevere. Be grateful. Don't forget what God has done. Don't forget it. Be grateful. Grateful for what you have. It's one of the reasons we have to buy so much because we forget what God has already given us. Somebody shout amen. Be grateful. Say thank you to the Lord and create some silence. What I'm saying is we live in a very loud world right now. And you need to get alone with the Lord on occasion. So why can't I hear from heaven? Because you won't shut up. Anybody staying with me? You're going to let me finish this. Some people had to go into work. I apologize. for. No, I don't. I'm not. Anyway. And then create some margins. Listen to me. Some of you are not experiencing the joy of the Lord because your calendar is so stuffed. 
you don't have time for him. You also need some time just, can, can I tell you, I know Cliff, Cliff agrees with this. The weather's changing, I'm going fishing. Going fishing. Say, what? That doesn't sound very spiritual. Sometimes it can be really spiritual. Take a walk. Create some margins for you to be in the house of God and worship. Create some margins for your prayer life. Create some margins for your alone time. And, and, and then be in the moment. Okay, I'm, I'm confess. There's sometimes I got to get over myself. Anybody else like that? You just got to get over yourself. And, as, and, and, and one of the struggles is the hypervigilance. You're so busy taking care of what's going on tomorrow that you don't embrace what's happening right now. What's going on right now at this moment? Don't be so obsessive. And, and you know, my term is hypervigilant. It's one thing to be vigilant. But some of us, we just won't turn our brain off for five seconds to embrace what's happening right there. I'm still rejoicing, dedicating little Abigail today after we had prayed for her a year ago and getting to hold and bless and pray for little Kenny who was born premature and wasn't breathing on his own, but he was at church this morning. I'm, I am celebrating that. I, I'm, I'm in this moment, but I'm also still absorbing that. And enjoy the stage that the Lord has you in right now. Okay? Anybody my age or older, I want to tell you something. Maybe a little younger than me even. Stop grieving where you used to be and embrace where you are right now. Or you will miss now because you're still grieving. Is that okay for somebody? I'll give you a quick scripture for it. This is the day that the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. That stuff doesn't sound as spiritual as the other things, but you know the world is temporary, so we need to rejoice for a moment. Come on, we need to enjoy this moment, be in this moment. Come on, somebody praise him. Would you do that? Just rejoice in this moment. Let me, let me talk to you about the deeper joy. Let me talk to you about the deeper joy just a little bit more, okay? Deeper joy. So I've got to throw these four things in. Commit yourself fully to Jesus. Tell him, Lord, I commit myself right now. Tell him, I commit myself fully to you. I am fully your child. And then do this with me. Say, welcome, Holy Spirit. Welcome, Holy Spirit. All right? Anybody really believe the Holy Spirit is with you? Okay, let's get the devil off our shoulder for a moment and do this. Rebuke the enemy in the name of Jesus. Satan, I rebuke you for everything you've been trying to do in my mind, stealing my joy, destroying my home. I come against you. I rebuke you in Jesus' name. How many believe that makes a difference? Anybody believe that? Now I want you to rejoice. Come on, rejoice. Do not sorrow, for the joy of the Lord is your strength, Nehemiah said. The joy of the Lord is your strength. Come on. Hallelujah. Let's rejoice. It doesn't mean to just be joyful. Recognize who you are. It means to climb up out of your gloom and give praise to the Lord. Change your position to one of gladness and fullness because you have a revelation of who you are and you were filled with the Spirit of God joy praise you Lord put your hands together celebrate with me yeah bring that with me. thank you Ron. thank you all right 
We're going to pray for you. Some of you really need prayer after this. But I kind of feel like the Holy Spirit did a work while I was preaching today. Anybody receive a work? How many have had the Holy Spirit doing a work in you just now? Say, come Holy Spirit. Come Holy Spirit. In a moment, we'll offer you a moment of prayer. But could you just go ahead and receive communion with me right now? Just open up your communion and and, uh, praise you, Lord. Hallelujah. Anybody ever have a trial opening the communion so praise Jesus praise you Lord Jesus I want you to take that bread close your eyes would you and say this bread is my is the body of Christ I am one with Jesus thank you Holy Spirit eat the bread Let's praise him. We are, we are in one with him. Praise him. Take the cup. Take the cup. The blood of Christ. Just bow your head for a moment. Lord, I thank you for your blood. For cleansing me of all my sin. Thank you. The blood of the Lord Jesus. I am cleansed and I am one. I am in the family. I praise you, Jesus. He said, receive this blood. My, my blood. This cup is my blood. Blood of the new covenant poured out for you. Take it and receive it. just set that down. Father, we thank you for what you've done. Altar workers, come and stand at the altar now. Swiftly come. Any of my altar workers that, can, that are here, come and stand. Father, we thank you for your presence. We thank you, dear love, Lord, that even though we have been struggling, today, Lord Jesus, is a new day, and we reject all of the lies of the enemy, and we welcome you, Holy Spirit, into our lives. We are in communion with you, the same spirit that you received, the same spirit that raised you from the dead, the same spirit that dwells with you, your spirit, you, Lord Jesus, come and dwell inside of us now. Thank you, Holy Spirit. And we claim our joy. Somebody say it. We take our joy back. We reclaim our joy. Lord, we have been deceived to believe that we can live without it, but we need our joy, so we choose to abide in you to live in you. We, re- we receive the joy that the world cannot give us. And we dwell in it because we dwell in you. In Jesus' name, amen. Praise the Lord. God bless you all. Have you received the word? Anybody received the word? If you'll notice, all the way from my left, all the way to my right, we have individuals that will pray with you. Now, listen, there are those of you in the room right now that are struggling with this topic of joy. And you might need prayer. And we are here to pray for you. Listen, there might be those of you who are suffering that are in struggle. Some of you need to just surrender your life to Jesus. You can do it right where you are. But it is so good to come and confess it. If you have sin that you're struggling with, perhaps shame is in your life. Coming and talking to somebody will break the bondage of that particular shame. Because you can't confess it and keep it at the same time. It leaves you. Some of you may be struggling in your home, in your family. I don't know. Some of you may need to receive the Holy Spirit. You might say, I felt breathed on, but I've never accepted him the way I need to. Come, these people will lay their hands on you and pray with you that you might receive the Holy Spirit. May the Lord bless you and keep you, make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you and give you peace.
Anybody in the room that needs prayer, I want you to start stepping out of your seat and start moving towards the front now. Move swiftly if you would. Go ahead and sing. Lord, we thank you. My people. Praise you, Lord Jesus. Praise you, Lord Jesus. Even as you are dismissed, I want you to know that the altar is open and you can come and receive prayer. Okay? God bless you all. I'll see you back Wednesday. God bless you all. Go in the peace. Hey, go in the joy of the Lord. God bless you. I love you online. Thanks for joining us today. Stay in touch. God bless you. You are dismissed.